Hello and welcome to Cracking One Open. I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. And on this podcast, we uh we talk about beer. We do. Sometimes wine. Occasionally. Did we, did we ever do a liquor yet? Uh no. No. But, but it could happen. But we might. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but for now, we mostly focus on the beer. The beer. See what I did there? Yeah. Yeah, it was not, not that great. <laughs> but anyway, what beer are we doing today? Well, this week we are cracking open Nagging Curiosity, a hoppy blonde ale from Marlowe Artisanal Ales, which is currently part of 12% Beer Project out of North Haven, Connecticut. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, there's not a ton of information about this brewery. But it does at least have a nice little backstory about the name on their website. It says, quote, Marlo was my grandfather on my mother's side. The logo comes from his signature on a piece of music he composed for my parents' wedding. I wanted to create a brand that had a personal attachment to me because I feel like it gave my beer a larger purpose than just to create beer. I try to make a beer. I try to make each beer a beer for my family. End quote. Aww. Very nice. And they do have a pretty impressive beer menu available. Uh, what's cool is that they have currently two collaborations with other breweries that participate at 12%, uh, including Timber Ales and Fat Orange Cat. Hey, Fat Orange Cat. <laughs> so uh, that must be like pretty convenient to have like built-in brewer friends to collaborate with. Yeah, it helps with well, if one of them at 12% gets a little bigger than the other, then you can... Kind of lean on them and yeah. help boost your Let brand. Ride your coattails a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's that's cool. I mean, that's what the whole thing's about. Exactly. But yeah. And I mean, not that there's not like generally a sense of community in breweries anyway. True. You talk about that a lot with the craft brewers are like the one mm-hmm. quick to collaborate, easy to work with. Yeah. You know, they'll take over a tap if they can, but and obviously they want that bigger market share Mm. but they're all friends and want to help each other and want each other to succeed yeah it's definitely a much healthier competition than you usually (laughs) see outside of beer true very true so marlo says about this beer quote spring is in full swing and that means the return of the warmer weather seasonal beer nagging curiosity this is a 4.2 percent crusher built for poolside lounging late night fires porch hangs and backyard chill sessions this batch happens to be brewed and dry hopped with simcoe and citra hops for a burst of tropical fruit and a hint of resin paired with a crisp clean malt body this beer will leave you wanting another sip and then another until your glass is gone before you know it a truly slurpable beer i like that a slurpable (laughs) beer yeah so that seems to be like what they kind of focus on is making easy drinking, slurpable, low ABV beers. Hashtag slurp some is basically on like all of their Instagram posts. <laughs> slurp it. <laughs> but yeah, most of the the beers on their current beer menu range from like four to five point something with the exception of a stout that clocks in at 9.9%. Yeah, boy. So many people make like really heavy stouts. Yeah. And if it's hashtag always stout season, like, no, it's not. 
Not when it's nine point nine percent and well, a stout. To be fair, I could drink a cold. I could drink a cold Guinness any time of the year. Yeah, but that's not ten percent. No, and it's not thick as hell, which I imagine yeah. something nine or ten percent. They have to is be going to be thick and overly sweet, syrupy, <sighs> like a like a hot chocolate on a cold winter's day. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just too much. No, don't get me wrong. I love stouts. We did a whole six pack series on it. Check it out. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just can't bring it back. Oh, too much. The low EVV stuff is nice for the summertime though. Yeah. Cause you're sitting outside, you want a bunch of beer, you want to drink a bunch. You don't want to just drink one and done. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Plus it's nice. Cause we just been doing double IPAs a lot lately. So yeah. I so that, a, that's why I was happy to find I, this one. I'm okay with a low EVV this week. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, back to the beer. We've got Simcoe in Citra in this batch of Nagging Curiosity, um, which does rotate the hops every batch. And supposedly it's supposed to be printed on the bottom of the can. This batch was not. However, there was a date on it, which happened to be th- within three days of an Instagram post about this particular batch. So I'm pretty confident in the, the hop choice. Yeah, unfortunately you... Thought you were getting a different batch yeah. with a new hop we hadn't covered yet. Yeah, the the liquor store that I went to kind of like mismarked this batch as having a hop that we haven't covered before. So I got really excited. You probably just had the sticker left over from the last batch. And exactly. That's like, oh, yeah, the same thing. Yep. I bet. So first up, we've got Simcoe, a hop with a lot of those bright citrus flavors along with earthy undertones, a lot of grapefruit, pine and herbs. Simcoe hops are super versatile. They're used in many different types of beers to complement the other hops that are being used. And because of its high alpha acid content and relatively low cohumulone, it does make for a very good foundational bittering hop. Its nickname is Cascade on Steroids. And it's very often used in conjunction with Cascade, Centennial, Chinook, and Citra, like this beer. Ooh. Simcoe is also very useful for its aroma qualities because it has that nice balance between pleasantly fruity and earthy and piney. So it's a really solid dual purpose hop. And like I mentioned before, it seems like Simcoe can be used in pretty much anything. (laughs) It's used in IPAs, double IPAs, India black ales, India red ales, barley wines, amber ales, American stouts, American porters, American and Belgian wheat beers and lagers. Wow. 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 And Citra hops have an ideal mix of high alpha acids and loco humulone, which makes it very good for bittering, but it's also excellent as an aroma or flavor addition at any stage from pre to post boil. This is in large part due to their high mercine content, which is one of the major hop oils, and it's heavily associated with citrus, but can also be found in mango, lemongrass, verbena, and grapefruit. Citra can also lend it delicate and desired aromatics, including gooseberry, the elusive gooseberry. What is a gooseberry? (laughs) Other than it sounds like a polite kind of kitty thing to call goose poop. Oh, ew. Oh, there's some gooseberries down here. It's like a dingleberry, but it's gooseberry. Careful where you step there, some gooseberries. Ew. Lychee, <laughs> mango, melon. There's no segue from that. Nope. Grapefruit, orange rind, and passion fruit. 
And that's what I got. I can't wait to ask you if you taste the gooseberry. (laughs) (laughs) No. Gross. (laughs) So what do you say? Gooseberry. That's clearly my word of the day. Fuck. But are you saying let's crack it open? Yeah. Oh, well then, yeah, shit, yeah, let's, let's, okay, let's, cool. let's do it. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Now, I cut my nails the other day, and I Uh-oh. needed to open a can yesterday for me, so let's see if I can open this can right now. Yeah, should be interesting. Don't hurt yourself. Ooh, proud of you. Right? I think it's because I just pre-opened it a little bit when oh, okay. beforehand you were to like jiggling lift it. it up. <laughs> yeah, I think jiggling it helped. It smelled like beer. I didn't get anything off the top. I got like a citrusy, hoppy, you know, generic, not generic, your general IPA mm-hmm. smell. Sweet, citrusy. But it's not bitterness. an IPA. But it's got IPA-ish hops. True. So that's what I got off of it. All right, you happy blonde ale. <laughs> what do you got? Oh, yes, I get it. Yeah, I get it just it smells now. like an IPA. <laughs> Oh, this is very interesting. Probably because right. it's hoppy. It's they say it's a hoppy ale, so yeah. that's what you get. I'm excited. It's by the way, it is a beautiful very color. Interesting color. It looks like a hazy IPA kind of color. It's yeah. blonde. It's blonde and hazy. Blonde AF. So cheers. cheers. Ooh. That it, is exactly what it says it is. It is a hoppy blonde ale. It's like it wants to be an IPA, but something's holding it back. And it's like, <laughs> no, I won't go all the way. <laughs> You get some of my hop, but not all of my hop. Actually, you get like all the hop. You do get all the hop. It's very juicy. It just cuts itself back from the bitterness. It is very juicy. That's what it is. Because I was going to say it reminds me of something. I think this reminds me of Two Roads Cloud Sourced. Uh, yep. <laughs> which is a, a hazy IPA, but another hazy beer like this where you get the hops, but the bitterness is very subtle. Minimal. Yeah. That's obviously way more bitter than that because this this is not an IPA, but. Yeah. Cloud sourced is also like surprisingly, isn't it like 6.8? It's not that high. Yeah. It's, it's very crushable well, for it's a hazy. Six, for a hazy 6.8, I guess you could consider crushable, but this is 4.2 and it has Which just nice. as much flavor. I would say flavorful, but for something that's top forward, but you also get, you know, sessions and sessions are, Usually low ABV. In fact, I think Little Heaven and yeah. Little Tug and stuff, those are like in the 4.5, 4. 4.8 range. I think, yeah. But they're more bitter than this. That's true. Well, this is literally just, it tastes like hops. Yeah. So yeah, okay. I get where you're getting at now. The head is also not really going away either. No, it's, it's a not. a very frothy head. And this is nothing compared to, if you look on their Instagram, they have a very like... Grammable head. On yes, it is. It is hashtag slurpable. Like because you got to slurp the head. Yeah. Giggity. <laughs> this is nice. I mean, if recording on the deck wouldn't create so many like wind issues. Yeah. This would be a good or like like uh, random sounds of motorcycles and ambulances and yeah sirens. This is excellent. It is good. It just, something about it makes me want it to be 
an IPA, IPA, I think. I think it's the fact that it does have a pillowy mouthfeel, like a, a hazy. Mm-hmm. You are getting a lot of those hops. I think I just kind of want it to go in that kind of slurpable. I'm going to use their phrase. Yeah. Slurpable, like a slurpable hazy, like a cloud sourced and... There's one other hazy that we like. Uh, that's that's a a kind of more like a crushable hazy. Yeah, can't remember what it is. I know Cloud Source is definitely one because when yeah, Cloud, Cloud Source, Source abs- came out, oh, it's amazing. It was like right during the it, pandemic, but yep. we kept going back and getting more for just take for up. the pickup. <laughs> yeah, just the pickup because like I blew through. We both blew through so many Cloud Source. Oh yeah, and I feel like this is where it's headed, but it doesn't quite get there. But I think my opinion would be different if we were outside and it was really hot and mm-hmm. we were drinking it. I because think then this I'd is be nice like, and light. this is a little lighter. It's light. It like settles lighter and it's a lighter ABV. So this is definitely. But it doesn't It's not settle, just slurpable. It's crushable. It doesn't settle as light as, let's say, a Session or yeah. a Kolsch or a Pilsner. That's true. Or a light lager. Yeah. But I would say if you're not in the mood for something like a Pilsner or a lager and you're outside. If you want that kind of easy drinking, refreshing kind of taste Mm -hmm. or feel emotion. (laughs) uh, Yeah, you're not going to. But you still want hops. You're not going to get that with the beers I listed, except with the exception of maybe the the sessions. Yeah. Like you said, those are more bitter. This is definitely going to be carbonated as well. This or it's a different kind of carbonation. Carbonated, it's like yeah. bigger bubbles, like soda. These are tiny bubbles. Sure. I'd have to have a couple sessions back to back because I don't know if that's true for all sessions. That's the only reason. Mm. Like I'd have to be like, is that true for, you know, we have little heavens all the time because that's, you know, two roads. That's our local yeah. session, but. They don't make little tug anymore from Thimble. You know, we have Please bring it back. I know that's your favorite session. It's oh, I love it. Um no, I would say Little Heaven is still my favorite session, but Little Tug, I like um, I, I almost feel like I might be idealizing, idealizing it, it in my mind, but it was really, really good. Like we kept going back for four packs. Sure. Or I did at least. You did. <laughs> but even Tribus had put out their session a couple weeks ago. I remember having it, but I don't remember like off the top of my head, what the bubbles were like. Yeah. Although this now is making me burp, so. <laughs> it's got enough bubbles. Fair. Whew. I'm going to feel like I drank fizzy lifting drink all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep burping to get down so you don't get sucked up by the fan. Which, by the way, that's an OSHA violation right there. Those fans don't have those grates covering them. Oh, yeah. So if those fans fell, they'd be killing Oompas. You know, if Oompas got sucked up. There it's needs to be those grates. To happen. Come on, man. That's un- Safe working conditions. Shall we talk about the can? So the can is a tall boy with a regular wraparound label. So there's kind of like that half inch gap between the two. Mm-hmm. Very evenly stuck though. No bubbles. Ooh, and it is a one. foggy street at night. Nagging curiosity. I suppose you're going down an unknown road at dusk or dawn. Um, this actually kind of looks like dawn, I would say. And there's definitely grass on the side, but it's also very kind of abstract. It's not like yeah. super clear, but that's definitely what it is. So the road is like a dark bluish color and it fades into this foggy kind of like spray paint color. It's supposed to be like a 
a dark gray blue fog kind of mm-hmm. coming in and you got the yellow lines you got the solid yellow line with a little bit of grass on the side that's just vaporing the green and then you get the dashes of like the middle changing lane mm-hmm. uh, in the center there's the Marlowe logo up top which i guess is the grandfather's signature and then artisanal ales kind of trying to copy that style as well then on the bottom in all lowercase letters you've got nagging curiosity written in a type font but it also looks very hand drawn and that's done in a very interesting yellow green yeah. kind of traffic color i want to call it think of the chartreuse Crayola. It's the color of my rain boots. Chartreuse. See, that's the only, that's the kind of color name you're going to get from a lady, not a guy. <laughs> to be fair, Mr. Bartender, you should know what color chartreuse is. I've never used chartreuse in a drink, nor have I ever been in a bar that used chartreuse. But any video we watch of bartenders on YouTube, I'm always like, what does chartreuse taste like? Because <laughs> they use it in a lot of different recipes. And I'm surprised I never learned that in bartending school or... Had it in any of the bars. Yeah, I worked at. that's true. But on the bottom it says Hobby Blonde Ale, sixteen ounces or one pint, four point two alcohol by volume. And then on the left side, you've got the government warning in the same kind of font. You've got a Florida and Oklahoma depot, Florida and Oklahoma, on the bottom part of the government warning, but on the top you've got. Refund in Connecticut, Maine, Vermont, Delaware, Massachusetts, New York, Iowa, and Oregon. Five cents in Michigan, 10 cents ref. Okay. And then, yeah, the Florida and Oklahoma is just down by the barcode, which is weird. I've never seen that before. It's just separate. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what those two states mean in that abbreviation. It says, don't be trashy. Recycle. (laughs) And on the right-hand side, you've got keep cold drink fresh and then there's named after my late grandfather these beers attempt to honor his memory we believe in balance in all things and present these beers as such we hope you enjoy them as an accent to your experiences with your friends and family which kind of goes along to your description where Mm -hmm. it's like they try to make beers for their family yep nagging curiosity is a hoppy blonde ale brewed with rotating hops practice safe consumption at marlow ales Brewed and canned by Marlowe Artisanal Ales, North Haven, Connecticut. Distributed by 12%. Label designed by at Cat Manning. Again, I like that. Does that sound familiar? It does sound familiar, but I can't think of why. Because she's the social media director person for Two Roads. Oh, snap. Right? Oh, that's awesome. Good for her. Yeah. That's pretty dope. So I think it's a cool can. I like the image. It's very kind of X-Files-esque. Uh, definitely goes along with it. It is with actually the, now that you mentioned yeah. Okay, it kind of goes along with the spoopy I, vibes. I can't unsee it. I just watched Nope. I screened it at the movie theater in, uh before coming home today. And mm-hmm. I've been watching spooky like nukes videos on YouTube, like ghost videos. So if it's the spooky vibe that I'm in right now, if it's the vibe, it's a really interesting can art. The signature logo is really cool too, that hand signature. Cause it almost reminds me of a wine in a way. Yeah, I could see that. And the artisanal ales. It's like Marlowe Brewing. It's Marlowe Artisanal Ales. It's super stuck up and pretentious sounding, but the can art is not super stuck up and pretentious, so it works. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if the can art was something fancier, 
were more plain, I would find this beer kind of pretentious. Not mm-hmm. drinking it. Like, I'm not saying I don't like it. But I would find, walking through the aisles, I don't know if I would drink this can. Yeah. But with that logo and an interesting can art like this, I do want to drink that beer. Okay. See, I, I picked it up, A, because it's 12%, and B, because I'm like 90% sure that we've had at least one of their beers before okay. um, on one of our beer journeys with Chris. That makes it because he does go to, he's a friend of ours, and he does go to 12% brewing quite often. So a lot of the times when we, he takes in the journeys where he splits the can between everyone who's at this party, and we all drink um, a little bit of the beers and try them. It's a lot of fun. I yeah. look forward to it. <laughs> uh, a lot of them are from 12%. So that wouldn't surprise me. But I would be drawn to this can because of that kind of like terror on the road kind of look. Oh my God. Yes. Which is uh, <laughs> a show I had created a while back that I wrote where this would be perfect. And this is the kind of thing like my mock-up posters and and uh, website ideas for it all kind of use that same kind of image. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, that's what I would have been drawn to. And then I'd be interested in how that image translates with that signature. Because like I'm all about logos and branding. And I think like I always say in every episode, and I'd really like to get like, maybe we can get, if Cat Manning listens to our episodes, maybe we can get her on <laughs> or something. Like the way that branding and beer logos and can art really translate into sales when you're competing against a hugely saturated market. I know Connecticut's very saturated and getting more mm-hmm. and more saturated as it goes, um, which is great for the consumer because they have so many choices. But it's also overwhelming. But it is overwhelming and it's tough for each brewery to stand out. So that's why you have to have this can art and design mm-hmm. and you really and have to think about that. Do you go for crazy designs all the time or do you have some kind of like set format, like foundation that has that like that white stripe diagonal and like you know exactly what their can looks like every time you see it yeah or you can go crazy and be like two roads where some of your two roads cans have a very like similar motif although they're a little different they almost have like a frame to them they're almost like stained glass kind of motifs yeah Yeah. and then but then other cans are just far out or weird or cloud sourced Mm -hmm. is a bunch of like show me what you got hops floating in the sky (laughs) above these fields it's everything just is just absolutely crazy in terms of a lot of cans. And it's just like, how do you stand out in the crowd? And I think the fancy logo here helps them stand out. And then yeah. using an interesting background helps them not seem pretentious. I like, I know that I've seen cans that look just like a leather bound book and I mm-hmm. do want to drink those, but I also am afraid of those. A, it makes me feel like they're too expensive for me. And B, it makes me feel like the taste is going to be so complicated that I only want to buy a single can. Oh. Where the beer is so complex that it's enjoyable for the journey, but not necessarily something I want a six pack of in my fridge. Mm -hmm. Like we talked about, I think just two or three episodes ago, that there are beers that you love, but you only want to try in the tap room. Yeah. That you cannot just buy because you know. You just won't go for them all the time. Like I, we bring up two roads all the time. All but, the time. <laughs> um, even Dockside as well. Dockside's got their pastry um, sours, which are phenomenal. 
but they're also really heavy. Yeah. So they put out a peach and marshmallow one that tasted like a peach cobbler kind of thing. But it's so heavy, I don't know how to have it all the time. Two Roads has a beer called The Kitchen Sink because it's every hop imaginable. Like they mm-hmm. just don't put the kitchen sink in. I love that beer, but I would never buy a four pack or a six pack for our fridge because no. I just don't. It's so it's much. Not something it's that I so crave, complex that I would But if it's really something it. that I can get fresh off the tap. Yeah. Oh, like I would That's- crave it when we go there, but yeah, it's like I only want a glass. Yeah. I don't want to be stuck with a whole pint. I'll take that 12 ounce taster glass, please. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just don't see myself drinking all the time. And you I think mean two ounce taster glass. 12 well, ounce no, no, would be no. a whole can. Not the, but. But no, no, 12 ounce, because that's the probably the glass they poured in as opposed to being forced to get the whole 16 ounce pint like can or get four of them. Mm-hmm. Like I only want the one. Yeah. Um, every once in a while. But I love the beer. Like it's phenomenal. Uh, but I feel like that's what when you get when you have a fancy beer that's a little too fancy in a can, mm-hmm. that's how you're gonna feel. That's how I feel. So the marketing needs to be somewhat unpretentious but by being a little bit mix of both you've intrigued me <laughs> you had my attention but now you have now my, my curiosity. curiosity oh snap <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like that's what this can does for me and i i feel like like i said i just i it's super interesting like can art and how you present yourself also i finished mine what's wrong with you <clears throat> i've been talking about the can art way to be <laughs> drinking while i'm talking but I think in conclusion, I kind of love this. Like, it, I I think <laughs> I would I would buy another four pack of this, but it makes me a lot more curious to try what else they have as well. I would definitely try something else. What's nice is twelve percent is notorious for. I mean, there's a reason they call themselves twelve percent. Like everything's high proof. Yeah, everything's <laughs> high ABV. The mix pack you got the me mix pack is I, phenomenal. Oof. Like almost everything twelve percent. Not almost everything. Yeah, a ton of stuff 12% puts out is really good and interesting. Yeah. But it's always really high proof beer. This is surprisingly low proof, which is mm-hmm. nice from 12%. Although Marlowe is one making it, they're just brewing it through 12%. I think that that's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. But I also wonder. It's a nice change of pace. If you got another nagging curiosity mm-hmm. how different would it be oh yeah that's true if they just rotate the hops is this one only kind of sort of like a cloud source because it's got the same hops that are in a cloud sourced if we had Ooh. a different nagging curiosity would it be totally different or is the base just Tastes kind of like this, and the, but the I feel like the hops are carrying this beer quite so a bit. Are you saying that I need to buy another four pack of this so that we can have like a vertical tasting of the next version? I'd be interested, yeah, because <laughs> we've never done that before with the like the the rotating series, yeah. But I feel like this one more than any of the others are very is very interesting, hop specific. It's very hop specific. A lot of the rotating ones we've ever had i think are ipas Mm -hmm. so i think this might be the first one we've had that's rotating that's not ipa yeah so i'd be very interested to see how an ale is affected by different hops as opposed to an ipa is affected by different hops i like that i like that a lot but yeah 
because this is so hop forward, even though it's an ale, mm-hmm. that I feel like you're going to get some way different results for the next one and the one after that. Like, I feel like there's going to be such a huge discrepancy because it's not like this one. I can't taste the malts, the wheat. Like, I can't I taste. I can on the ba- on the when you let it settle. I feel like I that's like one of the last things that I taste is that that malt. Maybe, but I don't think it's distinct and I don't think you'd be able to taste the malt from one beer to an extra to the point where that is what affects this beer. Mm-hmm. I think this is one where the hops really affect your recipe. Okay. Indeed. Plus yeah. this has two, right? Two hops. Yes. The one you thought the you were buying I thought I had was buying three. had four. Four. So clearly they just fuck around. Like they don't like- yeah. Two, four, three, one. Who cares? We're just going to keep <laughs> rotating and changing them based on what we have. So I think that's really, really interesting. <sighs> there we go. Empty mug club. But yeah, that's what I got. This is pretty good. This is really good. I want to try more. Okay. Maybe get the right <laughs> one next time. <laughs> well, that's not my fault. Do you know how often they rotate? I do not. They didn't specify. Gotcha. Well, this is a spring one, right? Yes. Oh, no. So if they only do it. Oh, I hope that's not like a once a year thing. Oh, so it's only every spring. I don't know. It said spring. Well, let me go back to my notes here. Spring is in full swing, and that means the return of warmer weather and seasonal beer. Yeah, so it might be seasonal. Oh. Oh, wait, if I can keep it till the next year now. Damn it. All right, yeah, I'm getting another one. Mm. (laughs) It's been decided. But yeah, that's what I got. That's all I got. Check it out. Marlo Artisanal Ales Nagging Curiosity. Mm Mm-hmm. Pick it up while you can. And thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, rate it, review it, share it with your friends, and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhatopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandwhatopen, or shoot us an email at crackandwhatopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we always want to hear from you. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Especially if you're a brewer who's brewing something, would like to uh, collaborate on a little bit of an episode going on. Hey, hey, hey. That's right. What else you got to plug? I've got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run we'll discuss what we love about it maybe don't love about it but we always recommend you revisit it you never know you might find your own forgotten gem i've also got audiobooks i do find me michael butler on audible i've got a bunch of horror books i've got a sci-fi book i've got a like a guy Ritchie british gangster book go check those out i say them every episode and i also say i don't make money on them unless you buy them and that ain't no lie so go buy them and that's what i got All right. Well, then a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Meh. Meh.
Hello, my name is Andrew Morgan. My name is Shane Beauregard. And my name is Chris Frodell. And together, we form like Voltron to make a brand new entertainment and pop culture podcast called Recent Activity. Every Wednesday, we will bring you deep dive reviews of the hottest titles from around the film and TV world, previews of the next big things to add to your watch list, or do fun things like top five lists, movie drafts, or anniversary celebrations of your favorite classic films. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Starting May the 11th.